You want your five-star matches? You want your 30-minute classics? Not me. Big meaty men slapping me. Ladies and gentlemen, this is another episode of the Slapping Meat Wrestling Podcast. I'm live on TikTok. The first time I've done this. Um, we're live here on TikTok, and so let me explain. Let um, let me explain to everyone on TikTok who is coming to this live. Let me explain how this um, podcast works. Um, This is a casual perspective podcast. You know, the wrestling world through the casual, um, the casual perspective. Um, So what? What is the casual perspective? People who don't necessarily eat, sleep, shit, breathe wrestling. That's what my podcast is. So that's what this is. So my perspective comes from that perspective. Of I look at at wrestling as a show, as a business, and that's where my opinions come from. Now that we got that out of the way. We are going to talk about um, this episode about... Um... NXT, we're going to review the NXT from Tuesday. We're going to review, you know, what I thought about it. We're going to do a prediction show about Halloween Havoc. And then we're going to talk what everyone wants to talk about, the ratings war from Tuesday. Um, so that is what we will talk about. Um, so let's first go into breaking down this this past episode of NXT. Um, so let me pull up. I should have done this earlier. Um, let me pull up um, the the card. I I don't remember all of these things. I, I'll also say that when I do reviews like this, when I do reviews like this, it isn't. Um, a review show in terms of Matt, you know, I'll look at a match and we'll go move by move. If you want that, go watch Dave Meltzer, go watch Brian Alvarez. You're not going to get that from me. Um, I will, we'll talk about the match. I'll talk about what I like about the match, what I hope to come out of it. And, and then we'll, we'll move on to the next match. I'm not going to sit here and do a three hour podcast breaking down NXT. We just won't do that. I ain't got time to to to, to waste doing that. Again, if you want to move by move perspective on you know, wrestling and in the in the show, move by move on each match, Alvarez, Meltzer, 
uh, Sean Ross Sapp, all guys like that will definitely be able to, you know, do that better for you. So let's go in. So we first start off with um, Rhea Ripley versus Roxanne Perez. Um, Rhea Ripley and Roxanne Perez, um, and of course Ripley being part of the Judgment Day, um, and so all of the Judgment Day enters the arena, and let me tell you something. I've been saying for the longest time that Judgment Day needs, you know, something different to do. Um, that I didn't feel that they were over on the main roster, Raw SmackDown. And, um, I know what they need to do now. They need, they need, they need to go to NXT. Judgment Day on NXT, they were, that was the loudest chant that I have ever heard for Judgment Day. In their entire run. Judgment Day needs to go to NXT. Um, Right? I just... It it makes sense, right? It'll make sense. I'm not saying they're not good enough for Raw SmackDown, but if Triple H is going to make NXT the third brand, what way to to give some sort of notoriety to it than to put on these these guys that are you know that have this type of talent and this type of um, ability to get over with the type of fans that watch NXT because let's be honest I would say there's a fraction of the people who watch in who watch Raw and Smackdown who do not care about NXT and Judgment Day every single person in the Judgment Day is over with the sort of IWC internet community um, and so I would say move Judgment Day to NXT. I think it'll be a far more overgroup there than they would with um on the main roster because they're not getting cheers. They're 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 doing nothing for me, right? And so I was actually excited for this match because we finally get to see Rhea Ripley in a match for the first time in what feels like forever. Um, and I, I love, I enjoyed the match. It, it was, it, it served its purpose, right? It served the purpose, right? Cora goes to Raw, picks Ripley to beat up Perez, and it, it served its purpose. Um, and it made Roxanne look strong, even though she took the loss. Um, so Ripley getting the win, ultimately doing what Cora sets out for her, and then, but Perez still looks strong. Um, and of course you had Dominic Mysterio getting involved with the distraction. Overall, you know, B plus segment, nothing, you know, nothing too hectic. Um, but you know, it still served its purpose. Um, we finish with this. We get the backstage segment with Cameron Grimes and the OC. 
um, and Gallows, you know, sort of be like, hey, Cameron, you know why we know why we accepted it. And Cameron was like, because I got money. And they were like, yeah, but we also want to go, you know, to the moon, you know, the, the same. And then we go to uh, the next segment, a good backstage segment. It, you know, I think it sets up, you know, the story here that essentially Carl, Carl Anderson and Luke Gallows are just there for the money. Right, they're, they're prize fighters. They they will f- they will do matches for money, and I, and I think we could run with this gimmick. I think we should be, we should run with with this gimmick for the OC. I think that would be fun. Um, next segment: Tony D'Angelo and uh, Stax come to the ring. Uh, D'Angelo, you know, asks who. Um, Ask Stax, hey, you want to know who you're fighting? You know, you want to know who your uh, your opponent is? And it, everyone, you know, yeah, yeah, we want to know. The crowd, you know, chants, starts cheering. And then D'Angelo says, you know what? We got to wait to after this commercial break. Which is the first time in forever that I can, really one of the only times ever that I can remember a in-ring segment ending with you know a person saying right after this commercial break right I don't ever remember that happening ever um and I thought it was something that should be I think it's something that should be done more right it would be funny and and, and it's it, it um I don't know it was just a cool way for the um it's just a cool way for the segment to end to go to commercial break we come back and there's an interview for Grayson Waller um, about his match with Apollo Crews. Um, and then the uh, Chucky shows up on the on the screen. Um, says that the match will be a, a spin the wheel, make a deal match. You know, we'll spin the wheel, you'll find out what type of match you get. Um, so we'll find out what type of match he gets. I'm assuming... On Sat on Saturday, the day of the event. Okay, so then the lights go out. We're back in the ring. The lights go out. Stax is waiting for his opponent, and out comes Shinsuke Nakamura. Um, ladies and gentlemen, I'm all for this. Nakamura, what's he been doing for the last two months? Like nothing. So I'm all for Nakamura. Um. On NXT, I think he, I think there are certain people who are mid card talent, you know, people who aren't being used all that much. I'm all for them going to NXT, whether for a short period of time or as right, and and legitimizing the talent. You know, Nakamura could be a very good enhancement talent at this point in his career, right? Very good match. Of course, Nakamura gets the win, but it makes Stacks look good. Tony D said, you know what? You showed guts I didn't know you have, um, which is the story. It's the story of Stack sort of proving himself to Tony D, right? Even though he didn't win, he was able to, he didn't just get beat up. He, he was able to fight back. And... Um, And, and at least put up some type of offense, right? So I thought it was a very decent match, right? Wasn't the best, wasn't the worst, um, but but I do enjoy it, 
Absolutely. Um, we then have a backstage segment with Nathan Frazier. Um, talking to Axiom about their th- best of three series and that they're happy with the matches that they had. And that Axiom said he wants Frazier to win the North American title. When Von Wagner and Robert Stone shows up. Um, and... Um, basically says Wagner's going to win. Um, and, but, and they get ready to fight, but they don't in, in the segment. We then get Alba Fire versus Daddy DeVille. Sonia DeVille, again, another ta- talent that goes to NXT, which I think Sonia DeVille is part of Toxic Attraction will f- work so much better than anything else you guys can think of for Sonia DeVille. Move her down. Have her, you know, be another competitor in the women's division. And ultimately, this could be a faction that challenges damage control um, you know, in the near future, right? So you have this match. It wasn't very long. Sonya Deville matches aren't ever really all that long. Um, uh, Alba Fire wins. And then Rose comes back looking sexy as ever. And, you know, sets up the match for you know, Saturday. Um, again, C plus, you know, type segment, you know, your average stuff to set up, right? I don't expect a plus matches on TV shows, on the TV shows, but on the pay-per-views I do, but on the, on the, on the, on the actual week to week show, I don't expect a plus matches every week. It's just hard to keep up that much momentum, right? Um, you jump backstage and, uh, Wesley and Mensa get attacked by Carmelo Hayes and Trick Williams. Um, then we go to commercial break. Um, this ends up into a match itself. Wesley and Oro Mensa versus Carmelo Hayes versus Trick Williams. Um, a pretty fast start, you know, big brawl. Um, and Trick Williams and Carmelo Hayes ends up winning. Um, then after the match, Von Wagner comes out, then Nathan Frazier comes out, you know, and this is the type of, uh, this is the type of thing that, you know, you do to, 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 to promote this five person ladder match. Um, I I thought they, I thought they sold it perfectly. Um, you then cut to a promo with the Dyad and Joe Gacy. Upset with hypocrisy in the in NXT. Um, then we go back to another commercial, right? Braun Breaker is then interviewed. Um, and then, you know, he was asked about, you know, Kevin Owens and the Kevin Owens show. Um, and then they go to a graphic about the triple threat match and then what KO was going to do. Anyway. You then get the schism versus OC and Grimes, in which OC and Grimes ends up winning. Very decent match, wasn't anything you know super good, but 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 again, it wasn't really bad. 
Um, but you know, it, the results in the way I thought it would, right? You then get a Veer Mahan interview. Um, in which Sangha then shows up. Basically, Veer said um, what he whispered in, in Sangha's ear was just for Sangha to hear and no one else. Um, and uh, assumingly, they're going to become tag team partners again. If you don't know, they were tag team partners when they signed and originally started with NXT. I don't know why they broke them up and moved Veer to Raw. I don't. I don't know why they did that. But um, you then have Nikita Lyons and Zoe Stark signing their contract for the tag team's title match at Halloween Havoc. Um, or excuse me, the champs also put pen to paper, and we're told that the match will happen next week. Um, so I'm assuming next Tuesday is when that match will happen. I don't know. I don't actually know the Halloween Havoc card off the top of my head. Anyway, you then get Julius Creed and Damon Kemp in a picture-to-picture interview. Um, some of these segments just, eh, I feel like took too long. Didn't necessarily need this. I don't actually understand this. This I don't like this, the, the Creed and Damon Kemp feud. I just, I think it's a little bit stupid. But again, not everything is for me to like. Um, you then get the host of Halloween Havoc announced, and it's Shotzi. She gets the tank, right? Um, and then we get, you know, Zion Quinn comes out and says that he wants to be the co-host. Um, but then Quincy Elliott came out. They then have a match between Zion Quinn and Quincy Elliott, in which Quincy Elliott wins, and he becomes... Um, the co-host of the show. Um, mostly because Hank Walker, you know the security guard guy, um, interferes. Right? You then get a. My favorite segment of every NXT is Chase U. Anytime they're on, excuse me. Anytime they're on TV, I love Chase U. With a burning passion. Um, everything about it is fantastic. Thea Hale is upset about losing to Kiana James. And she wants another match. Um, Chase, Andre Chase then gives a rundown for the history of Halloween Havoc. Um, you know, using good matches like Hogan and Flair, Mysterio and Guerrero. Um, you know, listing it as the place of Mandy Rose's title reign, and of course, bringing up the Yeti. Um, and then then he gives the the homework assignment of watching the show this weekend. We then get another Chucky appearance, where they cut a promo on Chase U, um, and then Thea, you know, gives the classic response. I love it. Needs to be on a shirt. What the fuck? Right, and of course they bleep it out, right? I love it. I love everything about Chase U. Right? Everything about it. Um, we then get Raquel Rodriguez and then a commercial break. Coming back from the break, the tag team championship, the NXT t- men's tag team championship, contract signing, pretty deadly, Malik Blade and Anofe. Um, goes also goes down next week. You then get the f- the main event, I think. 
the main event, the main event match being Raquel and Cora Jade, um, in which Cora Jade won by DQ, um. Not necessarily the best match, but again, it serves its purpose. And then at the end, Perez attacks Jade, um, and that's the end. And then we get the sort of final segment between Breaker, McDonough, and Ilya Dragunov, KO show. Um, I think the highlight of it is Kevin Owens calling JD McDonough, uh, JD Mc, don't Google me. Um, you know, there were some funny things in there, but, and, and it served its purpose, right? You, you, and that's ultimately what NXT does on a week to week basis. They serve it. They, they put on segments that serve their purpose. They don't put up, you know, they don't do these ridiculous stunts. They don't do these, these crazy things, but they put on, on things that serve their purpose. That's what NXT does. But NXT ends with Austin's theory threatening to uh, cash in the money in the bank. And this is an idea that I would be all in favor of. Give and make Austin Theory that NXT championship. At the end of this match, have someone like McDonough win the match. uh, Or have Dragunov pin McDonough or McDonough pin Dragunov. Have... Fury cash in, and then you can move up Braun Breaker. I think he's more than ready. I think Breaker debuts at uh, Royal Rumble and makes his main roster debut there. But he's more than capable of of, of you know doing stuff like that. Um, of of the main roster, I think he's more than capable. I think I think I think it happens. Um, and, and Austin Theory, just he hasn't really been taken serious to me on the main roster and on Raw or on SmackDown here in the last few months. Um, but yeah, so overall, you know, it's a B-show. It, it was your average NXT show. Nothing really to critique about the show in and of itself. Um, so let's talk about... Right, well, let's give predictions. Actually, we'll, we'll predict the Halloween Havoc card, um, and then we'll talk about what everyone wants to talk about, and that is the ratings. And this is where I'm, we're going to sit for most of the rest of this podcast. Uh, can I get a card? I think this is the card for. All right, so let's go through it. We'll go through Halloween Havoc's card. Julius Creed versus Damon Kemp in an ambulance match. If Brutus Creed loses, he leaves NXT. I don't think that happens. I think... Excuse me. Brutus leaves NXT if Damon wins. So Julius faces Damon Kemp. I think Julius wins. Um... I, I think I think that ends up happening. I think I think Damon Kemp loses. I think ultimately what we could happen. I think Damon Kemp is uh, what's that fucker's name? Um, the big re- actual uh, amateur wrestler who they signed on NIL. I can't think of his name at the moment. 
Um, what is his name? Um, y'all know who I'm talking about. I just can't think of his name at the moment. Oh, Jesus Christ. What is that motherfucker's name? Gable Stevenson. That's who it is. I think this could be where Gable Stevenson debuts. Potentially. Um, the, I think maybe Julius comes out, or Brutus comes out to help Julius. And maybe we get, you know, Gable Stevenson showing up to help his legitimate brother, Damon Kemp. Um, win the match or, or something like that. Uh, it, it'll be something, right? Something interesting. I, I, I don't know. But I, I do think Julius Creed does win this match. Apollo Crews versus Grayson Waller in the spin the wheel, make a deal match. Don't necessarily care about this match. I think Apollo gets the win. Um, Waller's just there to be funny and to sort of, you know, be that enhancement guy. Perez and Cora Jade. In a weapons wild match. Um, depends on what story they want to tell here. Are they going to continue the Roxanne's not sort of extreme enough storyline? And she's not able to hit Cora with the weapon and that's why Cora wins? Or is Roxanne finally going to find that edge? And that if that's the way it happened, if Roxanne finally finds the edge to you know hit Cora Jade... Um, then, then Roxanne Perez wins. I'm going that that's the route they're going to go. I think Roxanne gets the win here. Fatal five-way ladder match for NXT North American Championship between Nathan Frazier, Von Wagner, Wesley, Oro Mensa, and Carmelo Hayes. Ah, boy. I think Carmelo wins. I just... I don't know... If the other four are ready for a time. Like, at least with Carmelo, you know he can he can do this. But I really want Carmelo on the main roster. I really do. I, do, I want him on Raw. Um, I think Carmelo, there's so much on the main roster that Carmelo... Like, I want Carmelo to lose this match on Saturday. And then to come out Monday and to challenge Seth Rollins for the, North Amer- or for the United States Championship. Because I think Carmelo Hayes is the future of that division. Of that section of Monday Night Raw, I really do. He he's that the workman, the workhorse of NXT. I love Carmelo Hayes, and I think he has a bright future in the company. Um, I want Carmelo Hayes to win this match, but at the same time, I don't. The only other person I could see winning this is Mensa, so that's who I'm going to go. I'm going to go Oro Mensa here, um, even though I really, really, really love Carmelo Hayes. Mandy Rose versus Alba Fire. I'm conflicted here. Because part of me wants Mandy Rose on SmackDown. I want Toxic Attraction on SmackDown as soon as possible. But at the same time, I do not want Alba Fire to be champion. I don't. I don't like her. I don't find anything interesting in her. Um, I, I just don't. So I really, I'm picking Mandy Rose to retain. And, and maybe we can get a better competitor. Um, I've always thought that Nikita Cross needs to be the one. 
not Nikita Nikita Lions. Nikita Lions needs to be the the person to beat Mandy Rose. I've always thought that that she was the only one that legitimately to me could could win. Now I do think you know if we're talking about females on the roster that I would like to see you know be champion, Fallon Henley's Fallon Henley is the one that I really want to see become champion. Um, if I had a had a way to do it. You know, Briggs and Jensen would be tag champions, and Fallon Henley would be champion as well. And then we end the show with Braun Breaker, J.D. McDonough, Ilya Dragunov in a triple threat match for the NXT Championship. I don't think Braun. I don't think Braun retained. I just don't. I don't see it happening. I just don't see Braun Breaker retaining. Um, as much as I think he's, I don't. But but I also don't think he takes the pin. Um, I think he. You know, gets beat up. You know, gets taken out of the match um, by the other two, and then uh, I'm gonna say Dragonoff wins. I think Dragonoff wins here, and then we'll have a storyline between Dragonoff and and Breaker, and then which Breaker will end up losing the feud, and then that will take Breaker to Royal Rumble where he de- where he debuts. I think that's what happens. So I'm going to say Dragunov becomes your NXT champion. Um, we'll see how many of those I get right on Saturday. So let's speed this thing up. Let's end this thing. Let's talk about what I've wanted to talk about. And that is... The... Um, the the ratings that came out between AEW and NXT. For those who do not know... AEW had to be on Tuesday because of the start of uh, the NBA and hockey season, right? And so, for one week only, uh, NXT was moved to Tuesday. Excuse me. Um, so, we get the ratings that come out. They, they're going face-to-face with same time frame as NXT. And we get the ratings that come out. And we knew this would, would spark some interest, that people would be interested in this. What are my opinions? Well, here's my... Let's start with NXT's rating. So, if I'm fair to NXT, right, they're averaging somewhere between 600 and 700,000 viewers for the last month of their show. And so, a fair estimate would be, you know, get somewhere between, you know, 600 and 700,000 viewers. And NXT did exactly that. They maintained their audience. They maintained their demo. They actually grew the demo from last week. Right? So now we look at AEW. And if we're fair, New Night, all this new competition, or we've been averaging 900,000 to a million viewers for the last month. Let's be fair, New Night, all of this. Let's say a fair number should be 800,000 people. And they don't hit it. I'm being fair. Like, most people want them to hit what they've normally been hitting. That uh, A sign that it's a good show that people want to watch that they get their th- their million viewers. I was going to be fair and say, ah, 800,000, new night, all this new competition. But they they, they they couldn't hit it. I think, I think they got 725,000 viewers. I want to make sure I got that number right because 
you know, Tony Khan might might uh might 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 be mad that called me a WWE bot. Um It's 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 an interesting thing, right? So where are we get seven hundred fifty-two thousand viewers. You lose over two hundred fifty thousand followers or viewers in the last in a week, and I understand new night, new competition. So let's break this down. All the competition AEW faced last night is the competition that NXT has faced forever, right? You have FBI, FBI Most Wanted, FBI International, very good shows. You have your sports, you have your normal news talk shows. Um, we understand. I like. I understand. Like, especially since one of the biggest wrestling markets in the world in Philadelphia had their baseball game on, had their basketball game on. I completely understand. Um. Right, but let's also understand Dynamite had in a, a lead off from the New York Yankees. the The lead into Dynamite was the New York Yankees, meaning you had four point four point nine five million people who were watching the channel leading into AEW, and they said, "Nah." We're not going to watch this, right? Um, what this shows me for AEW is that if they had legitimate competition on Wednesdays, if they weren't just going up against Survivor and, you know, American Housewives or whatever, or Housewives, whatever, they would have some very bad numbers. Like, can we be honest? They would have bad numbers. They wouldn't be, right? This shows me also that NXT... Um, you know, put on a solid show, a solid viewership. Um, I just, how, how do we, how do we do this? How do we do this? I just think that there's a lot of fans who want to protect Tony Khan right now. Um, they 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 want to protect Tony um from the fact that the show for the last year you know averaged about 800 900,000 a million people and you just hit the worst audience viewership that you've had in a year right the worst since October 23rd of last year right which tells me if you were on Tuesday or if you were going head-to-head, if you had actual competition, Tony, would your numbers be as high as they are? But I also wanted to go and find out, you know, what are some of the, what are some of the excuses? Because AEW fans love excuses, right? Oh, it's a new night. People must have forgot. You're, so you're telling me 250, 300,000 people forgot about Dynamite? No. No. This is not, this is not happening. Um... Oh well, NXT loaded it with its show with main eventer or main roster talent. Really, they put in enhancement talent and mid carders at best. Right, everyone that came down from the main card to NXT 
They were they're mid carders or enhancement talent at best. Judgment Day and Kevin Owens probably being the highest rated, right? But Sonya, Shinsuke, um, Raquel, they're mid carders at best right now in the in the main event scene. So they it wasn't like Roman Reigns or Seth Rollins or Bobby Lashley or Brock Lesnar or Matt Riddle got sent down. But NXT has been doing what NXT has been doing for a lot of the last year. Do you not remember that Dolph Ziggler used to be champion? <laughs> Dolph Ziggler used to be champion, my dude. Like, do you not remember that? I just, right, you've had St- AJ Styles in the last year been brought down. Riddle's been on NXT a couple times. Ricochet was just there a few weeks ago. Um, I think it's a great place to put people who aren't being used on Raw or SmackDown and have them, you know, be enhancement talent and get people over. It's a, it's a good role. There's nothing wrong with what NXT did, right? Here's my thing. Everyone knew AEW was going to win the ratings. Everyone knew that going into it. But here's what I would consider a bigger victory. NXT kept their audience. They stayed at their average. Whereas AEW couldn't even hit 800,000. That's concerning to me. It's really concerning to me. As right, um, I don't really have much more to say. Uh, because you're going to have all these people who give these excuses. And, and the only thing I really have to say is... Sure, you won the, the demo. Sure, you won the most viewers. But you lost like almost a third of your viewership from the week before. Where NXT only lost like 10%. If I can do math right, it's either 1% or 10%. I'm not very good at math. Um, but either way, like NXT didn't lose. They lost 65,000 viewers. And who knows? That could have been toward to AEW. I still think that... There's a fraction of the NXT uh, people who watch NXT that watch AEW in the same way both ways, right? What this, And then we're going to have these people who come on and say, just enjoy everything. Stop arguing about ratings. We had 1.4 million people watch wrestling, and that's all that matters. No, no. But I'm not the one that created this war. AEW fans for the longest time have said, we're at war. We're winning. We we're, Every time ratings come out, we won again, right? And then any time we bring up, oh, man, your ratings suck, right? You guys want to be say, oh, it's not a war. Then why the fuck are you acting like it's a war, right? So there's that. I don't have much more to say. We're going to end this with a special segment I like to call one of two things. Um... Shit, stupid shit Tony Khan says, or more simply put, shut the fuck up, Tony. Um, so there was a video that went around on Ringside News. I'm going to see if I can put it, pull it up here. Where it was an interview of Tony Khan um, basically saying, we don't train. Um, ah, so it's from May 10th of 2022. There's a video here. I'm just now finding out about this. I just saw this video, so we're going to talk about it. Uh, Tony Khan, shut the fuck up. This is the name of the segment. 
Um, here we go. So talking about Jade Cargill and Satnam Singh, this is what Tony Khan had to say. And I quote, Well, there's a lot of things. First of all, when you look at their body of work coming in, sometimes you get athletes like Satnam Singh is a great example, or Jade Cargill, where they didn't have prior experience in pro wrestling, but they were great athletes. Both of them played basketball at a high level, and I thought they were worth the gamble. Here's what I really want to talk about, what he said. We don't typically take people in who don't have a lot of prior wrestling experience. We don't train wrestlers from scratch here. It's a different business model. There are a lot of great people, but for us, we kind of pick our spots when it comes to that thing because we're not as much about centralized training all week long. We come together like locusts in different city every week, and then we go our separate ways. I think for us, having a lot of prior wrestling experience is really important. For example, Swerve is someone I've seen wrestle in different promotions and really loved your stuff. Uh, I had seen a lot of your matches before you came in. Some other people might not have had as much experience as you and might not have had as much success or really might not be as far along or as developed or as good. Uh, blah, 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 blah. Um, basically, we don't want to train wrestlers. So if in that context, right, it makes sense. We don't want to, we want to sign people who are trained wrestlers. We don't want to train. Tony Khan, that's fine. If there, if there wasn't entire montages of what seems like every week, botch after botch after botch, maybe you should start fucking training your wrestlers, Tony. Because you got guys on there that are 5, 10, 15 years in the business who are making mistakes and botching and nearly killing my, And I'm not even talking about Mox and Hangman. That was an unfortunate event. I don't want to say necessarily that that was Mox's fault. I will say this about Mox, though. Can we can we finally shut up about the Mox as a megastar uh, uh, thing that goes around here in the IWC? Mox draws a lot. Mox drew 700,000 people. Mox was the main event, and all he could get was 700,000 people. I'm sorry. Shut the fuck up. But anyway, Tony, train your people. You got guys in here that have literally given their entire life to wrestling. And it looks like a shit show. It looks like a shit show. I understand. In his context, he was saying, we don't want to take people in and be like WWE and go get these athletes and train them. That's not what... Right? I understand that's what he was saying. But maybe he should work on making sure that the people he does sign that have given their life to the business... That they're fully trained and they can do what the fuck they want to do too without injuring each other. Someone, I'm telling you right now, someone's going to end up seriously injured or dead in this company. And I want to know how many people are going to protect Tony. I've been calling this out. Tony, make sure your people can do the moves they want to do. Right? So yeah, sure. Don't train your superstars, Tony. But also realize that there's an extreme risk that you're putting them at. By allowing them to do some of these high spots that aren't needed for no reason. And I'm looking at you, Darby Allen. To do all these different high spots. Someone's going to end up seriously hurt or dead. And you have these trained wrestlers who act like they've never wrestled before. It's insane to me. It's insane to me. 
right? Um, yeah. So that's that. Um, for everyone who watched on TikTok, thank you. If you um are listening to the audio, go follow me on TikTok at we 2 d 413 That's W E T O O D E E P 413. Again, we 2 deep 413. Thank you guys for listening to the Slapping Meat Wrestling Podcast. I will see you on the next episode.